Hey, this is Tyler Harmon. Thanks for listening. A while back, we did a full-day Marketing for Founders seminar for early-stage founders and owner-operators. There's a lot of really great insights in here from years of growing startups that I think any founder might find valuable. But before we dive in, just a quick disclaimer. This is a series cut from live recordings that I've edited down to about four hours of content. These concepts are easy to grasp, but it's calorie dense and there's very little fillers in here. So take your time with it. Or power all the way through if you want, but I'd also encourage you to go back and listen again with some context. We're gonna start slow in the first section and cover some basics. And then we're gonna start combining these ideas together and turn them into some useful concepts that you can use. I've used these exact concepts for years to grow several companies from tiny little startups into $100 million brands. In this series, we're gonna cover just about everything from general strategy, branding, common issues I see every day. There's a whole section in here about a bunch of dangerous marketing landmines to avoid. Then we'll get into some psychology, behavioral economics, sales strategies, and there's plenty of discussion on advertising. We're gonna talk about old school fundamentals and even new school stuff like marketing algorithms. This is for people from all industries, tech, e-commerce, film and entertainment, small local businesses, whether you're bootstrapped or raising money, if it's your first company, your fifth company, there's value in here for you. But most importantly, this is all through the perspective of a founder or an owner operator, not as a marketer. Last thing, most founders get lucky and stumble on maybe one or two things that end up becoming instrumental to their success. The problem is, usually they have to learn a lesson and it's usually a hard lesson. And it's usually over years of accumulating these little pearls of wisdom. So what I've done is put together a nice long list of a few hundred of these potentially instrumental ideas for you, but obviously not everything is gonna be applicable to you. But I bet more is gonna be applicable than you think and you're going to get some inspiration for ideas to try out in your business, maybe even a breakthrough. But at the least, probably some things that are gonna save you a whole bunch of time and money. So without any further ado, let's get to it and try to keep up. So this is a fun story about Henry Kissinger. Back during the Vietnam War, he was the national security advisor. He was supposed to give this speech so he had his assistant make the first draft for this speech for him. This guy's name was Winston Lord. You can look this up. It's a true story. So his assistant, he spent days on the first draft of this speech, dropped it off on Kissinger's desk, and then the next day he gets it back, and there's a little note, and it says, is this the best that you can do? So he takes the speech, and he rewrites it, and the next day he drops it back off on Kissinger's desk. He gets it back on his own desk with the same note again. Is this the best that you can do? So he goes all out this time and he adds so much more detail to it. Leather bound book with the binder and he storms into Kissinger's office with this first draft of the speech in his hand and comes in and says, Mr. Kissinger, this is the best that I can do. And so Kissinger looks at him and he says, oh, well, in that case, I'll read it. So the point of this is that for most founders, marketing is a distraction to them. For me, obviously, I live for this stuff. But for founders, they're busy getting their business off the ground. They're working on prototypes, minimum viable products, MVPs, 
pitch decks. They have so much to do. It makes sense that they would try to just avoid the marketing stuff. But if you have to get to an important appointment during the day and you need gas in your car, imagine now you're running late and you still need gas in your car and the gas station is the opposite way of where you're going. Do it now, do it later, doesn't matter. It still has to be done. You still need gas in your car to get to the appointment. So not only does it have to be done, but when it comes to marketing for your startup, is this the best that you can do? So to put that another way, this is one of my all-time favorite quotes, Winston Churchill. He said, the truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it. But in the end, there it is. So just a fair warning here, we're getting started. There are going to be a lot of stories and quotes coming your way. So just a heads up. So also, if you go out and you start searching online for information about startups, people are just going to start throwing random advice to you. Their definitive list, how to do content marketing, the tactics and the KPIs and the metrics you need for your startup. This is putting the cart way before the horse. The cart is the fun part, I'll say that. The hacks and the strategies and the tech stacks and the advertising tricks. But all of these things are meaningless when you still have a early, poorly thought out version of your business. So what is really the business is the horse, not the cart. So we're gonna get started here with horses. We're going to talk about all the kinds of horses, what horses eat, the kind of care that they need, and then we can talk for years and years and years about carts, the wheels, the colors, the finishes, the seat covers. So one of the first things that we should discuss is the difference between advertising and marketing. Most people confuse the two, and I'm actually getting a little pedantic here, but I just want to bring it up to frame this whole discussion we're going to have. So not to get too academic, and we're going to get to the fun stuff here real quick, but in business school, the first class, the first day, they teach you the four P's of marketing. You can Google this. We don't have to go into a lot of detail here. It's product, price, placement, promotion. Usually, when people say marketing, they're referring to one of the four P's, promotion. Some people even refer to marketing when they talk about flyers. That's what they did in real estate. If that's the extent of your marketing, can you hand me that marketing over there? Then this is for you. In fact, advertising is a small portion of one of the four Ps. It's one half of one quarter of all marketing. So the point here is, if you remove advertising completely as a topic of discussion, this leaves a lot to talk about in the terms of marketing. So marketing is most things in your business before you start hiring people. The design, the packaging, the pricing, the website, the name, how it's used, who uses it, how they use it, why they use it. Even the business model is a marketing decision, and we're going to talk about that too. The big thing here is that real marketing decisions, they're made at the founder CEO level, not by the marketing employees, like the digital marketers or the marketing managers or the media buyers, at the very least, maybe your VPs 
or your CMOs, your chief marketing officers, they can make some of these marketing decisions, but they need to be in lockstep with the founders like you or the CEO or the president or whoever when they make those decisions. So let's take a quick little detour here. Let's talk about digital marketers for a second. So there are marketing things like positioning and brand and psychology and behavioral economics and ad writing, campaigns, sales strategies. All of these things can be done digitally. But then there are digital marketers. They see everything as a button to push or a dial to turn. So I don't mean to denigrate anybody who might consider themselves a digital marketer, but for anybody who does, denigrate means to put down. So as a founder or an owner operator, just beware of digital marketers because the first time you meet these guys, you're gonna be impressed and intimidated of all the stuff that they know and the language that they use. They're gonna sound so brilliant and have all these great ideas and they're gonna get you all fired up with some marketing campaigns. And then they're gonna spend every dollar you have and leave you with nothing. There are two camps of these guys. The first camp is fake it until you make it. They're overconfident and they just say things to help themselves. A lot of times they even make me doubt myself when I hear them say things. But after you meet with these guys a couple of times, they run out of things to say. They only have a couple of tricks up their sleeves and after that, they go on repeat. The second kind of these guys, I call them ships in the night. They work with these big brands that you've heard of before. But really what's happening is, is they're getting tossed around and hired and fired. And then they just take the logos of these big brands and they stick them on their website. Like they are just have all this status. But most of these big brands, they're working with dozens of agencies at any given time. And the fact is, is that they're not what's called the agency of record or AOR. The AOR, this is the real madmen stuff when they were landing big clients like Ford or American Airlines. So be careful. Number one, they didn't grow these big brands that you see on their website. They didn't grow them from little tiny seeds. They worked with them long after they were already big. And number two, they're used really big budgets and no accountability. They just want to spend all your money and they'll probably even pressure you to increase your budgets. In fact, when you meet with these guys, they're going to start bragging about how much they spend every month or every year, like it's hard to spend a whole bunch of money. So this goes for both individuals that you meet and the agencies. So just keep your little antennas up when you start meeting with these people. As Warren Buffett says, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. All right, so let's give those guys a break and let's get back to this. So why marketing gets shoved aside. It's how we're wired. Most people who start their own company, they're either technicians or they're managers. So in the book, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, it's a great book. I recommend everybody read this thing. He describes people in three categories. They're either technicians or they're managers, or they're entrepreneurs. Technicians, these are the craftsmen. These are the guys that open up their own restaurant. They're very hands-on. Then you have managers. 
These are people, they see an opportunity in the market and they're very results oriented. Then the third kind, they're pretty rare and it's hard to find people who do this naturally, but they're the visionaries. They see a vision of the future. And it makes me think of people like Steve Jobs. Either way, none of these three personalities in and of themselves are experts in marketing or have some sort of proclivity to that. If anybody was going to have an easier time, it's going to be the entrepreneur visionary just because it's going to be easier for them to communicate with the customers. But these guys, they all have to learn these marketing concepts one way or another. So there's a lot of proper names for marketing concepts and strategies. They're in the textbook, so they all got titles. But most entrepreneurs, they pick these concepts up on the street one by one from past experiences or reading like, you know, how-to books or business books, but not textbooks. And then later they find out that the idea that they thought they came up with on their own has just this very common name. Like, oh yeah, I learned that a long time ago on my own. So the issue here is, is that if something doesn't come natural to you, you're just going to avoid it. It's like a golf swing. If you've been playing golf and your swing has been a certain way for years, that's very natural to you. And then you take a lesson or a golf coach tells you how to hold your club a certain way. You're going to do it and it's going to feel very mechanical and you're not going to like it. You'll do it when you practice if you're on the driving range or something. But then when you go actually out onto the course and go to tee off for the first time, you're going to go right back to what's comfortable. And it's just like kicking marketing priorities a little bit further down the road every time. So that's what we have to be aware of.